wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I'm pretty. I know I'm pretty. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... And all my magnificent, you're going to be mine all night. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to download the podcast wherever you download your podcast. Tell people about Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday twice a week. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. This is the Hood and Lopez version of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday because there's so much wrestling and information that we got to get out. So we're going to hear from Josh in a moment. Don't forget to go to the Hoots podcast and check out Josh's podcast, the Hoots podcast, wherever you download your podcast, as well as ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. You bookmark that. That way you're able to catch up to shows that you might have missed because Josh does a great job giving you the blow-by-blow, the play-by-play of all of the major wrestling companies throughout the United States and around the world. I hope you check it out, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. AEW defeats NXT this past Wednesday, 817,000 viewers versus 757. AEW down 12% in their viewership this week. Ultimately, that just tells me that it's just two great shows, and we're going to review those shows and also get a kind of look ahead to what's going to happen with NXT in Portland, the TakeOver show. Those are always great. And also, AEW Revolution taking place in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena and more. Let me call Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com and get underway on another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. As I mentioned, we are joined by my friend Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com as we have our conversation. Bookmark that website. That way you're not missing some of the great action around the United States and around the world when it comes to pro wrestling. Hello, Josh. Hoodie, my man. Hey, ladies and gentlemen of the TWT tribe. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, hope this could be a positive escape and you guys don't have to look and see the continuing war with Dave Meltzer and Jim Cornette on Twitter. So, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. That is something. That is something. I, I tell you, I've been seeing the same things on, on Twitter, Josh. And, you know, it goes back to... Um, what I said about Jim Cornette after that whole thing where he got let go or quit or whatever happened with him in the NWA, you have to be able to sharpen up your act. It's one thing to say, I'm going to do this for effect because I'm an entertainer. I'm a, I'm a podcaster. Okay, cool. I have no problem with that because this is what we do on the radio. This is what shock jocks do. Uh, Or those that just want to be compelling. Hey, I'm going to say something that I may or may not believe, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's on my heart. It's in my head. So I'm going to say it. And no matter what the reaction is, I feel like I'm going to get over. But man, it's like you're just going to burn every relationship that you've ever had. See, at some point... You become the problem. I I already laid that out in my Jim Cornette podcast. You can go in the archives and if you missed that uh, on uh, on TWT. But at some point, you know, it, it's it's not all Vince Russo. It's not Dixie Carter. You know, it's it's not all Dave Lagana. It's not. I mean, all these people are idiots, and you're not. At some point, it's gonna be like, hey, look in the mirror. Yeah. We could that. This is another podcast for another time. But I feel we have two people in this tiff with each other, and they're both doing harm in their own way towards wrestling business. So we gotta save that for another uh, another podcast, hoodie. Yeah, it's 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 something, man. Well, I want to get your thoughts on what happened in uh, AEW in Austin, Texas, and at Full Sail with NXT. What are your overall thoughts on either show or both? 
I thought this week was a strong show from both AEW and NXT. Uh, match quality, I mean, I think it's a given for those who've been catching up with both shows since they uh, started competing with each other in October. Bell to Bell's not really a concern of mine from either brand, but I thought in regards to character development, and this week um, for AEW and NXT, they had two different shows. NXT was previewing their upcoming uh pay-per-view on sunday for takeover and aw still two and a half weeks away from their pay-per-view so it was two different feels but overall i thought it was strong shows from both uh brands yeah i I thought that um you know once again it's what we talked about in the past you know that a lot of these shows especially on the nxt side you're just trying to get young talent over with veterans the first match it's Bronson Reed's greatest match he's ever had in NXT. Yeah. It just it just is. Like the time that he was given, um, there was a reason for it because Roderick Strong kicked Bronson Reed. They jumped him. And so Bronson Reed, as a big guy, he wanted to show what he can do because he was pissed off and he showed that. Now you know he's gonna lose the match, but it's what he did in ring that makes you think, Well, this big guy's got a future at some point. So that's a positive for him. And I think that both of these shows have to be looking in that direction as I'm a veteran. I got to be able to do the best I can to get young talent over so we can get ready for the next generation. And on the other side of the fence for AEW, I thought it was nice for them to have a showcase match with their young stars with uh, MJF uh, taking on Jungle Boy. Those are the matches on television that AEW should have each week because that's showcasing what AEW is as opposed to, okay, we're just going to come up with matches that you can see on any other independent wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Like, that that match with MJF and Jungle Boy was really good and I, it helped both both the guys in the ring. The What MJF is what I grew up watching, and that is a heel that's always in the back pedal. Got to go outside and take a powder. It's like you're not seeing that every day in wrestling. And you right. can just tell that MJF has studied, and from what I understand, has studied a lot of the old school heel tactics. And the guy loved Roddy Piper, and there's a reason why, because look at what Piper did as a heel. And so you're just not going to get a lot of high flying. You're going to get a great promo, and you're going to get him on the back pedal and him hiding behind a big guy, in this case, Wardlow. And it's it's perfect. It's it's a slower version of the high flying that you're getting on that show all the time. And I like it because everything can't be 100 miles an hour. He gives you a nice 45 in the le- in the left lane, and just yeah. and it, it takes you on a ride. And I like that. Yeah, it was a really good match, and um, you know, <laughs> I heard you mention this on your previous. Uh, uh, podcast on Tuesday, uh, you were talking about uh, the likes and dislikes so far for AEW, and that occasionally when they have other wrestlers or performers on commentary, they usually outshine the entire crew, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, in this case, I thought Brandy Rhodes uh, helped out in this match. <laughs> See? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> See? There you go. Uh, you heard you heard Jr. And he didn't plug he didn't plug the mustard this time, but he did get upset when uh, yeah. MJF was drawing some of those uh, derogatory ex- uh, expressions and vulgar stuff towards Brandy Rhodes. How about that on that? Na- how about that on national TV grabbing the crotch? How about that? God damn, pal! I mean uh, that I mean, that's stiff. <laughs> Ooh, I mean that. When's the last time you saw? Maybe like Flair eighty seven. 88 something like that where he would do that to the crowd that is yeah. that it's that blurred line of house show versus tv right you just don't know, like house shows you're grabbing it all the time like it's fine it's it's no camera but right there in front of everybody not even a pulled back camera i mean it's right there in front of you and it's like wow that's that's something you don't get that every day I, wa- I wonder how TNT felt because as far as they go as far as edgy content is charles barkley ripping san antonio women <laughs> right, exactly. A big old <laughs> women down in San Antonio. I tell you what, the big old women like wait, what? They got uh, the big old bloomers. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind telling you about how big the women are in San Antonio. Uh I would know that too, as a matter of fact. But nonetheless, uh I I, I thought it's interesting. You know what I was happy with? You know what made me happy Wednesday? I was, tell me. I was happy that they got the damn title off of Rio. Oh, oh, so happy. Ah, oh, Nyla Rose. Somebody, I mean, because 
you know, if you don't think, if you thought that um, the Nightmare Collective was a bad idea, yeah, Riho also is a bad idea as women's champion. You didn't see her for a while. She comes back, and, and it's like I, I I didn't expect a title change here. I'm glad it happened because now Nyla Rose can be that dominant beast that can you can see every other week do some damage. Riho was never believable as champion. I told you that. I, I had, the, People had a problem, problem with Marco's stunt. I had a problem with Rio because that was not realistic. I'm sorry. Uh, they cancel each other out as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> as far as believ- believability. Um, this was an odd week for Riho because uh, on AEW Dark this week, I thought she had one of her best matches that she's been part of AEW. And then <laughs> the next night, she loses her title. And that was also a pretty good match in my point of view. And I know that a lot of the attention for the women's division has been focused on Britt Baker and her ripping the crowd. <laughs> I, I love the Whataburger line. Uh, that, <laughs> that really struck the chord with the people in Austin. So that was pretty funny. But uh, as far as match and in-ring contest is concerned, I thought that was a really good match. And anytime Rio, Rio and Nyla Rose got in the ring with each other, they have good chemistry. So uh, I was happy Nyla Rose won. And maybe we can have some more interesting and more hard-hitting contests in the women's division. I'm going to go back to NXT in a moment because there's a lot of really good action on NXT that I want to ask you about. But, Josh, it's it, I think it's good because we saw this on both shows. That I think they're both finally getting it now. Dude, right. the promo matters. The promo. The, the hype videos and the promos for NXT going into TakeOver and then AEW with their promos. Like, I, Pac is doing a great job. Wherever he's located, right. whoever's doing the film on that, it's great because it gives him more depth as a character You because he wants to be a heel. He won't be MJF level, but he definitely is uh, disliked. But here's, here's something that was interesting. The sit-down with JR, who should be doing this every week, by the way. Jim Ross sitting down with with um, Santana. Um, I like that sit down because it, it was real. What Santana went through with his dad, um, that made him a baby face. It made him a baby. That's I don't think that was what was supposed to happen, but that story was sympathetic, and it made him a baby face. Is that what is was that the the reason why they did that? Because. Otherwise, it is counterproductive of what you're trying to do to hype up Santana Moxley. Yeah, that's very odd because you're you're uh, putting Santana in a place where people have sympathy for him, but he's also trying to get revenge on a guy who's a gray area character. Like you, he still have a heel uh, going against a gray area guy, and it, 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 it I thought the match pairing obviously it. It made sense the way because obviously Moxley attacked Santana's eye the previous week, so I understand why they fought each other. But as far as like a babyface heel dynamic, I thought it was a little odd. But I'm glad that they actually did the sit down interview with Santana because I agree with you, man. Promos are just as big or sometimes even more important when it comes to a wrestling television show than just a regular wrestling show that has wrestling matches on it. You know, you got to have reason for people to care about these performers. And you got some different layers now to Santana. So uh, while it can be a little murky in the waters as far as what you perceive Santana is, I thought it was good that they did the sit-down interview with him. Just made him a little sympathetic. Yeah. I, don't, I, want, I want him to be mean. Uh, but that's but I get it. It's fine. I mean, it's still you still know that Moxley's over as yeah. the baby face in that spot, but it, it softened that group for a little bit, I thought. Um, but what, at least it was a real story, about? though. <laughs> What about um, the Darby Allen vignette where he uh, basically mocked Sammy Guevara by throwing the signs on the floor <laughs> just to challenge him for their uh, match in Revolution? I thought that was pretty funny. I did like that. I like that too. I mean, it, it's it's innovative and different. Um, so I like that. Um, so let me ask you this. Is Bruce Pritchard working with NXT? Do you know? No, he's not. He's... Uh, uh, he doesn't have full creative control, as Eric Bischoff mentioned uh, in his latest edition of 83 Weeks. Uh, but Bruce Richard is overseeing what's going on on Friday nights. Okay, so he's not working for NXT. I couldn't tell because of the Broserweights videos. I thought that Bruce was back. I thought Road Dog. I heard Road Dog's actually part of the uh, creative team in NXT now. So 
Okay, that that looked like Bruce Pritchard stuff there with uh, the broser weights going all over the country trying to get to Portland. That was uh, pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know usually you don't want to like sneak Triple H, uh, Triple H into an NXT show, but just the, that last uh, particular uh, vignette when they stuck into his jet, I thought that was hilarious. I didn't. I, I'm just not used to haha on that show, and I, it was it's fine. I didn't. I, I just thought, man, this is uh, this is something here. They really want to put this pairing over as the odd couple. I thought it was very interesting. Going back to AEW really quick, and I, I got to give a shout-out to Dustin Rose because the guy can still go, and he's one of the good veterans that helps out the roster as a whole, whether he's competing every single week or not. Um, the fact that he um, called out Jake Hager finally after six weeks of him uh, recovering from a shoulder injury and, you know, Dustin saying, uh, are you ever going to wrestle? Your MMA career is not really going anywhere. Uh, he, he called uh, Jake Hager Jericho's bitch. And I thought it was kind of interesting because when I saw Hager join the group with the inner circle, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. This is a little something different. But over the past two months, I haven't really felt like Jake Hager has made a difference in AEW. It's like... You know, a lot of times when you see a wrestler get released from WWE and you just expect them to kill it in any promotion that they're in and they're drawing new numbers. Anytime I saw Jake Hager on the screen, okay, that's Jack Swagger. Nothing's really changed my opinion uh, of Jake Hager because they haven't done much besides him just running in and sneak attacking people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear him talk. He just stands there and he looks like he just came out of a, his own baby shower. <laughs> we're exposed all the time so like <laughs> yeah i'm glad they finally uh addressed the elephant in the room uh this past wednesday yeah i'm glad you know and i'm glad i'm glad we're gonna see that match because as you call it you know you got two big guys as a hoss match so you you right. want that and it and in dustin's promo was great it was great it, it did not sound scripted it didn't sound like it was a rhythm it was just like hey you're jericho's bitch and i'm ready to have you in the ring it was great that's going to be a good match. I mean, Swagger will get over, but it's going to be a good match because Rhodes is going to give him a great fight. So I look forward to that. Um, I can I see Leo Rush and Angel Garza in the best of seven. Can yes, I get can please. I get that every can I get that in the best of seven like uh, Koloff T uh, Magnum TA style? Can I get that? Can we have a Jordan Devlin uh, Swerve Scott uh, best of seven? It's a match that hasn't happened yet, but I think that has some legs under it. I think it could be pretty good. That's just my opinion. We'll see. Well, I mean, you know what? Can, can we get Swerve Scott hot? Can we do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, can we get him hot? Can, can we can we let the guy talk? I mean, he's he's I, and I know he can do all that stuff. I saw him in MLW. I know that he's a terrific performer, but you know, being Black Ziggler is not going to help. He needs to get hot here oh, and start God. winning. I'm just saying, like he's got to happen. Um, how about this? How about if I told you that I'm uh, uh, I don't know, I guess until we see it in the ring, I don't know what Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin looks like. Because I, I, I think that Devlin can dominate him, but Leo Rush does a lot of moves. I, maybe it's a good match. I don't know. And I don't know if they've ever wrestled one another, but I need a little bit more from these two before I'm like uh, completely invested. I believe in Jordan Devlin. I believe in, in Leo. I just never seen them together. And I just think that Devlin's style should put Leo Rush away. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate the fact that they're spreading the Cruiserweight title throughout three brands. They they showcase it on 205 Live, obviously, every single week. But they have it on NXT UK. They obviously have it on the domestic version of uh, NXT. Uh, they get also trapped in a corner because either you're having uh, title matches every other week on USA Television or you are rarely get an opportunity to be on the kickoff show for a Raw or SmackDown pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard to, like, build in ways with the Cruiserweight division because you don't know when they're going to have a big title match, why they're having it, and it's just... I don't know. I, I I feel sometimes they could add some more storylines to 205 Live as much as I enjoy covering it each week because they do have good action. But um, 
As far as the comparison for Leo Rush and Jordan Devlin, I would look into a match that Jordan Devlin had with Legero because Legero oh. re- reminds me a lot of Leo Rush and how they how they move in the ring. Obviously, Leo Rush runs around like Sonic the Hedgehog, so <laughs> he has that going for him. But um, uh, the best comp I could have for that style match would be Legero. What was the line? I know it's a while back, but what was the line where Jordan Devlin got on the mic when they had their match? Because I saw that match too, and the lead-in was, oh, you, you're Legaro, you, you're from Leeds, I think he said. Just like making and people in that in the crowd, it popped the crowd because they were like, right. you're not a Mexican superstar, you're from Leeds, England, or whatever it was. It's kind of funny. Right. <laughs> so... Why are you wearing those horns? <laughs> yeah, you wearing those horns. I mean, you're from Leeds. I, I I just thought that was that was great. Um, what uh, what do you think the future is for Velveteen Dream since he's been back? What do you think his his goal is? I really think that injury hurt him in a lot of ways. Not just literally, obviously. Anytime you get injured, it's a unfortunate situation. But I just think as far as investment in character and just momentum, I thought before he got injured, he was going to move on from the North American division and actually start going for the NXT title. I thought there's some way that we could have Velveteen versus Adam Cole at uh, NXT TakeOver Tampa. But that's, that doesn't look like that's going to happen now. So we got... This thing going on with Roderick Strong, Velveteen acts like the Velveteen getting under Roderick Strong's skin. I wonder who uh, spray paints his pants because the artist is pretty good. <laughs> I, I get props. Uh, that, that, that's pretty smooth. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, I, Hoodie, honestly, I feel like uh, this injury hurt him because either he's going to continue being the NXT North American division or he's going to make the transition to Raw or SmackDown. So I really don't know where the direction of Velveteen Dream is going to be. What uh, What are your expectations for NXT Portland? Um, because uh, uh, NXT's uh, TakeOver Portland, the TakeOvers are always very good. Right. Um, what, what are your expectations for this card? One last thing for NXT this week that really stood out to me. Um, why, don't, to- why don't you ever answer my question? Go ahead. No, I, I'm answering this question by giving a shout out as well. Uh, I thought Mark Henry got me extra pumped up for um, <laughs> NXT Takeover Portland this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Your buddy that you host the show before on Busted Open Radio. Mm-hmm. So uh, to answer your question, I'm I'm excited as I'm usually am for most Takeover shows. Triple H had his uh, press conference a media call the other day. Uh, talking about the fact that this card, if you look for, it could be an equal quality to a takeover at a SummerSlam weekend or a WrestleMania weekend. There's a lot of top heavy stars in particular matches. Like, you could have a takeover where it's just Johnny Gargano for Finn Balor and Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa being the main attractions, and that'd be fine for a regular takeover. But you got those two matches. You have uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. You got Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Uh, you got the Unstreet Era against uh, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. I don't know what match is going to be the best. I, every time we get to a takeover, I keep reminding you, like, we get through these takeover shows and you just throw your hand up in the air. Like, okay, here's takeover, but what's the best match? For me, what I'm looking forward to for the pay-per-view on Sunday Hoodie, to answer your question, I want to see what's the best story out of any of these matches that we see on Sunday. You well, know? well, then, then the be- well, here's the thing. Ciampa will not allow Gargano to have the best match. And you know that those two matches will have the longest time, I believe. Right. So, But Ciampa is no way, I mean, uh, will there be a title change with Adam Cole? I don't know. Probably not. I don't, I mean, I'm thinking not. But either way, Ciampa and Gargano are going to have the longest time. But Gargano is... You know he's Mister Takeover. There's no way that he's gonna be um, have a pull up short against Finn Balor. So those are the two I'm looking at because they, it's gonna be competitive. They they both are gonna want twenty plus minutes. So I, I don't know. What do you start that show off with? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> um, do you uh, start with the tag title match? Yes, yeah, that's, that's a hot start. Yeah, start with that. I, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you what. You start with undisputed era against the Broserweights, and uh, and it's going to be a tough, 
time for Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair because Belair's yeah. not getting over. She's just not. So how many how many takeovers she's gonna keep losing in these big spots? You know, it's like she's yeah. there but not quite there yet. I mean, just you know, <laughs> it's. I mean, look. I mean, listen. She can't keep being Gina from Martin and think she's gonna get over. <laughs> just, just, uh, 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 uh. I mean that's not. I mean, that whole thing with uh, with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, and there she is in the middle acting, you know, m- mad because she got pushed out of the circle, and she's moving right. around. I mean, what what are you? You're not Gina from Martin. Just 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 sit down, move out of the way. We want to see Charlotte and Rhea Ripley for God's sakes. And she's moving like, oh no, she did. No, she didn't. Throw some hands if if she didn't. Throw some hands. Move it around. She's crazy. I love it. I, I love Martin. That was that was probably my favorite show growing up as a kid. <laughs> I, I like. I love that show. Um, yeah, I agree with you. She's there. She was there when she had her feud with Shayna Baszler, and she didn't go anywhere after that feud was over. And now she's playing second fiddle to Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. So like. Here's the thing. Here's the NXT talent that's kind of stuck in neutral. Do you put her on Raw or SmackDown? Where I think her portraying Gina on a Raw or SmackDown <laughs> division would actually fit her well, actually. That would be fresh. A fresh character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I know nobody in the back watched Martin, so that would be a fresh character. Um, I, I, have a, I have a theory for – okay, well, but I have a theory, but let me go here. Okay. Kai and Knox, still not hot. I told you a few weeks ago, like they did that wrong, man. You, they, yes, they, they, I agree. They, no, they didn't. They didn't do it. As soon as that turn happened, keep that thing hot. I don't need two weeks to go by, and then you explain why the turn happened. You gotta that next week. I mean, because it was so shocking out of nowhere that the the the, the turn happened with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. You gotta explain that, and then. It's almost like they're playing catch up, and I see they've been going back and forth. It doesn't feel hot to me. Doesn't feel hot. I don't know. Don't you feel that NXT should kind of implement some things that NWA does when it comes to having wrestlers come by a podium? I mean, you have Mauro Ronaldo occasionally stand in a uh, podium <laughs> yes. set up. Uh, to hype what's happening on the program uh, you could have Ke- uh, kathy kelly up there interview the wrestlers and cut a promo i mean this is a program right there it's cold because uh, okay all we know is dakota kai likes to walk around with the knee brace and she's angry now she doesn't talk and she fights candace Lurie every other week <laughs> by the way i'm not complaining about that because i do enjoy watching candace Lurie on my television all right oh but, um uh, i do I think this is a program that actually needed promos. <laughs> it, 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 it It's just there. Okay, you can have a street fight, but at the end of this show on Sunday, is anybody going to remember it? That's the, that's the thing. That the, the whatever Wherever they're going to be placed in the car, it's going to be tough. Now, they have a street fight. You know what? It's takeover, so they're going to kill it, right? They're going to kill it. Right. But it's just, uh, it's just the build to get me excited about it. That's the thing. Um uh, so Mark Henry took care of Keith Lee and Dijakovic. We already know that's going to be a great match anyway, but he just right. added the little the cherry on the Sunday. Ballard and Gargano, Ripley against Bel Air, Adam Cole Bebe against uh, Tom, Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be a terrific takeover. I'm not. I mean, it always is. I just I, I I question some of the build on it, but I think it's going to be great. Here's my point about NXT. I want to ask you about. Okay. Okay. It's the first time I think that anyone's brought this up on any wrestling podcast. So let's do it on Hood and Lopez. Okay. So, Josh, I believe that there is a section of the WWE audience that thinks that NXT is so much lesser than Raw and SmackDown that they're not supporting it just yet. But here's what I, where it's kind of strange. If the general wrestling audience believes that Triple H is going to be the next guy when Vince is done with the company, shouldn't they be supporting NXT even more so? It's almost like they look at, at NXT less than Raw and SmackDown, and I think that that's wrong, and here's why. 
the, the WWE did all it could during Survivor Series to show you that NXT is as popular or more popular than SmackDown and Raw, or at least on the same page. Like, it's not like some developmental, you know, uh, from, you know, down south. It's not deep south they're watching. They're there. It's, it's, yeah. it's NXT. And so, but I think to a general WWE audience, they look at it as, oh, it's in full sale. And yeah, I like these people, but. It's good for a WWE superstar to stop by every now and then. But if you're a, if you're someone that is a Raw fan or a SmackDown fan, and you see Charlotte uh, trying to go for the NXT Championship against Bianca Belair, because I got a feeling that's going to be the Rus- that that might be one of the WrestleMania matches. If that's the case, you should give NXT a chance. But I just think that the reason why the numbers are down is that the WWE audience is like, wait, I don't see Lana. There's no wedding. Where's the, you know, what's going on? There's no dog food. What's going on? Why is it just straight wrestling? It's almost like it's a disconnect for some fans of that brand. What do you think? I think that a lot of the WWE audience is so boggled down by the history of the company where uh, when, the, when the brand split first started and SmackDown was outdrawing Raw in the ratings, right? Yep. During the ruthless aggression era, love that. Then Vince laid a pipe down. Hey, pal, Raw's go always gonna be number one. Never forget that Raw number one. So I think there's a section of the universe out there that feels that if NXT uh, starts drawing close to enough numbers that Raw gets on a Monday or SmackDown uh, does on Friday, then the old man's going to come down and tell Triple H to cool down. And I think I do really feel, I do. I really feel that way. Uh, the, you could read social media every single week come up with new conspiracies of how Vince McMahon's going to do this or do that when it comes to an angle or a pay-per-view or a show. So I, I really think that's the reason why people won't, all in when it comes to NXT. AW benefits from that. They're their own company. People could go all in uh, for their company because there's not somebody going in a way, there's not a track record of things that are going to get away of AW reaching whatever ceiling it has. So I love, I enjoy covering NXT. I think NXT is a great brand, whether it's the U.S. show or the U.K. show. Sometimes I I enjoyed uh, NXT U.K. more than the USA NXT show. It varies. I I I don't I don't have the full metrics and the understanding of why people don't watch NXT as much as they do promote it on Raw every Monday. But I do think a small part of it has to do with people concerned. If NXT starts outdrawing Monday Night Raw, and a lot of people over the last three or four years would say that NXT is a better overall show than Raw, right? Agreed. If the numbers show that too, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, here we go. Our style of wrestling is not going to be good enough for Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it, it's, a, it's a strange dynamic that's out there with the wrestling fans these days. I, I really do believe that. I just, uh, I don't I don't understand it. Like, I understand why AEW's numbers are like that because there's, there's some disenfranchised fans that's just mad at the WWE and they want something different and they have yeah. faces that they... I, I, I get it. I understand why AEW fans are in abundance um, in some markets because they're like, I just, I, I can't take the WWE anymore and Jericho's here, so I'm familiar with him. Here's Moxley. I like the Young Bucks because of what I see online. So I, I get the attraction there, but I just, I, I, I just have a hard time understanding uh, why a typical WWE fan doesn't go to NXT and go, you know what, this is right. this is what I want. But, but then the typical WWE fan would probably be disconnected with all that wrestling. <laughs> like, I'm just like, like I'm just saying like you know and and when you hear the metrics and the breakdown from like Meltzer and Alvarez, they talk about how NXT the average age of that show is fifty plus. Right. You know, here's another thing I wanted to mention here, honey. When it comes to this, um, do you think at a certain point, if NXT is to show that everybody wants Raw and SmackDown to be presented like, don't you think people should put their money where their mouth is as far as, like, let's have a NXT TakeOver event have a bigger gate than a Elimination Chamber pay-per-view? 
start watching NXT and see if you can find a way to have NXT I'll draw Monday Night Raw. That, that's where I want to see because we can talk about to the, we're blue to the face that NXT and how Triple H books is the way it should be on Raw and SmackDown. But if you're if you're still gonna go to these shows and yeah, I, I get NXT does get good crowds depending on whatever uh, corresponding pay view weekend it is, but it has to come down to bottom line business too in a way, you know. <laughs> yeah, their their house shows don't draw. Yeah. <laughs> Also, we know the main roster house shows are not drawing either, but at oh. the end of the day, if you want to make an impact, it has to do with the ratings and the live event gates. Uh, as much as people put NXT on a pedestal, the the dumbers don't support that uh, that uh, movement. You know what? You're right. You're 100% right. I, and, well, there's only one way to find out, right? Right. <laughs> once, once, once their lease is up at full sale, which is supposed to be—is it this spring, the spring or summer? If yeah. they if they go to medium sized buildings, kind of like what AEW's doing, and they draw well, that's great. But those house shows, they go to every small armory and have a hard time. I mean, the, well, actually, across the board, WWE's have a hard time with house shows to the point where all different podcasts, whether or not the house show still matters today in 2020. Right. I mean, they were in Oakland. There was nobody there. It, it, they had a very small crowd. There was not a big crowd in Oakland for the West Coast Swing um, uh, for the house shows. The Raw and SmackDown are fine, but just the, the house shows were not great. And so, I mean, they, they were so bad. New Japan's like, boy, that's a bad house show. Um, so, and they would know, uh, so, so, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I, we got to talk about this further as it moves forward, but I think that in the spring and summer, if they're not having their tele televised Wednesday shows, uh, at full sale and they go someplace else, um, fans will tell the story because you're right. You're a hundred percent right. If the ratings still stay flat and if it still skews old, Vince is like, well, well, they they prefer what I'm doing, pal, and and that's and that's what's gonna be. Cause you're right, I prefer NXT over SmackDown and Raw, but I guess I'm in the minority. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, I guess, right? I mean, you know what? Here's the interesting thing, and I, I think it's kind of different uh, from your point of view when it comes to sports. Um, a lot of metrics are different and skewed than it is in the entertainment business in ways like. Um, when it, when you're talking about a sports team, you have facts that can showcase where the team's going. And when you have a, a business like pro wrestling, it's so fluid and fickle at times. The marketplace, like you don't know whether a company's going to do well for a certain amount of time, or a company's at the red at the red line and they're about to go out of business. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> Ring of Honor had some good momentum a couple years ago, and now they're treading water worse than TNA was on Destination America. Like yeah. it, that's just the landscape of the pro wrestling business, and I think next week is a good litmus test for uh, AEW with the fact they're having their show at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's see how many people are actually joining the revolution for AEW. This is not NXT exclusive. Let's see if AEW could draw a crowd that would be in an arena that WWE usually goes to for Raw and SmackDown. So I don't know if that show sold out or not, but I'm, I'm curious to see how that live gate is. They could have went to a smaller arena. They just did it just to show what they – they're like, you know what, we're going to see what we can do here. We're going to test it. And I'm like, wow, that's a big stadium. That's a big arena at State Farm in Atlanta. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I can just see now in Stanford, Connecticut, the numbers come across, and Vince goes to Triple H's office and goes, "Well, I guess they like dog food over Cameron Grimes' hat," and walks away. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I think. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> I guess they don't like Adam Cole, baby, but they love dog food. Um. So so there you go. Uh, I want to ask you about Impact Wrestling from Access okay. TV. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is the Impact Wrestling champion. Um, who has a bigger impact, is uh, so to speak? Is it Tessa with the ch championship or the man Becky Lynch is uh, the alleged face of the WWE? Becky Lynch, and it's not close. 
What's the, uh, tell I me the difference. Well, I think as far as reputation and overall presentation, I think Becky is way ahead of Tessa Blanchard. When it comes to in-ring content, in-ring quality and performance, I think that's another discussion. Uh, maybe my perspective would be different when it comes to in-ring quality, but as far as character, time on television, whether it's good television or bad television, Becky gets a lot more time than Tessa Blanchard does. And she just became the champion about a month ago. Uh, we were talking about this before we recorded the show today. Uh, Beck, uh, Tessa Blanchard had a two-minute backstage interview right before the main event of Impact this week. And it was oh, it was there. It was just another backstage segment. And I, I don't know if they're trying to shield Tessa Blanchard away due to her recent controversy before that. Uh, moment where she won the title um but uh, as far as her run as impact champion sometimes i forget that she is a champion ty valkyrie gets more tv time than tessa blanchard does on impact and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because we both love ty valkyrie she's a great wrestler (laughs) she had a really good match with jordan grace this past week on impact for the knockout title so congratulations to jordan grace uh becoming the new knockout champion but Here's another thing. Tessa becoming the first women's champion on Impact has had no impact so far. So why put the title on her? <laughs> There's a lot of things when it comes to Impact Wrestling, and we could ask that same question. <laughs> why is there overemphasis on Rob Van Dam making out with Katie Forbes and Joy Ryan? Than there is well shit he's the he's one of the, <laughs> he's one of the biggest heels in the business right now right yeah, or I, not I, I talk I talk more of the 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 big emphasis on the um I I I, I don't know I think Tom, Don Cows has a overfashion overfatuation with the bad comedy and the sexual angles that went on during the Attitude Era I, I don't know what? if I'm wrong with that point of view but well, wait a minute where, where did he come from. ECW and the Attitude Era. There you go. There you go. What? What? That's all he was surrounded with. Boy, you thought. Boy, the 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 conventional wisdom from the average wrestling fan like you and I was like, boy, if Don Callis had the pencil, <laughs> like, and now Don Callis has the pencil, and so we you get a lot of Johnny Swinger and some Joey Ryan and RVD, you know, with two buxom blondes. This is what this is what you get. And, and Disco Inferno coming back because that's a rating strong. And, and Father ja- and Father James Mitchell, you get you get a lot, you get a lot of that, right? You know what? I'm glad you brought him up because I want to. I've been. I needed to get this off my chest for a while. I've seen a lot of people whine and moan about Roman Reigns, uh, Barrett Corbin feuding for way too long. That's watched Impact like you and I have had watched Impact over the last three to four years. Sure. Rosemary is only allowed to have programs and matches with Sue Young and Jessica Havoc. I liked it when it first started in 2016 when Billy Corgan was <laughs> producing Impact Wrestling and they were having their first, first feud with each other. But it's 2020. Why are these three still feuding with each other? <laughs> Can you help me out with that? No, I, mean, I don't Sue know. Sue Young died. Rosemary <laughs> took a hiatus. Like... We, Jessica Havoc hasn't even cut one promo since she's been back with Impact. I don't know, man. Uh, kind of confusing, huh? So, wait, so are you as aggravated with Impact as you were, say, post-Hogan era? Hogan-Bischoff era? Like, where's your level of frustration? Where, on a scale of 1 to 10, where is it with Impact? Uh, thank God that Micah Elgin's part of Impact Wrestling, or that would be the worst brand of wrestling right now. Wow. Uh, wow. I, I'm just being honest. It's it's a chore to transcribe that show. Uh, they have a best of five series going on right now with Michael Elgin and Eddie Edwards, and I like watching those guys wrestle. And, and I'll give Impact credit. They do give the wrestlers time to wrestle, and it's not short matches that you would see on a Raw or SmackDown, but I don't feel like there's anything like momentum wise like going on with impact we want to focus on getting rhino back and getting him more uh 
respect because he didn't do much in WWE. We want to focus on RVD. We want to focus on Johnny Swinger. We want to focus on all these older guys. We want to focus on Ken Shamrock. But we're not building anybody else up on the show. Uh, I, what what happened to Sammy Callahan? Is he going to a rehab center? Did he go in a deep depression? Right. <laughs> we haven't seen him since the last pay-per-view. And he's the best guy on their roster. Uh, di- didn't Brian Cage just leave the company to join AEW? Like, yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard anything from him. There's just no direction right now with Impact. And it's really hard to transcribe and have enjoyment covering a brand when there's no direction. I, I could find a ripoff, knockoff uh, Attitude Era slash ECW show at a local B, uh, bingo hall here in Chicago. I could find that show. I don't need to watch it on Access TV. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And you and they and they couldn't negotiate New Japan, but they put this on. Like, listen, I like some of the athletes on on um, Impact. It's just about direction. It just has to be about direction. That's all. It's not about cheap Canadian humor. And you know who I'm talking about with those yes. two. Come on, bro. Just give me the wrestling. That's all. And, I mean, and, and here's what happens. I will tell you exactly what happens. What happens is, Josh, is that they they look at the numbers and they see a backstage skit with Taya Valkyrie and Jordan Grace and go, oh, that was the highest rated thing on the show. Oh, so, you know, we got to do more of that. Oh, here's something from Madman Fulton. Oh, something that he said. Okay, well, you know, that was, that was more um, exciting than the actual wrestling, according to this. We got a spike here in ratings, so we got to do more of that. You don't have to do more of that. You don't. You have to separate yourself. And you. Oh, I tell you what, they are separating themselves from everybody else. That is for sure. Well, everybody else, like the NWA and NXT and AEW, sometimes you know, for the most part, are giving you in ring stuff. This company just gives you fluff. They give you. They give you some wrestling, and they're giving you a lot of fluff. The RVD thing is not is is not bad for me because it's a total one eighty of what he was. And now he's this, this sex dude. And I, and I know they probably look at the numbers again. Like, oh, RVD is with beautiful women? Oh, that's different. Like, but that's not, that doesn't sell tickets. Just put it that way. That's that's not the reason why that people will come to the arena. It's about the in-ring product, you know. And, and, and so, by the way, so with Tyra Valkyrie losing the championship, is she leaving the company or is she staying? Is her contract up? That's that's what I need to figure out because I I don't have the particular details on that. That that would be a big loss for them because they haven't really hi- highlighted anybody else unless uh, it's Master Raid and Kira Hogan and they kind of forget that they're in number one contender matches and it is treated as a handicap tag team match. Like I don't, I don't know who else is in the uh, knockout division. You know, they lost Ali. Yep. Uh, Allie, I thought Allie was very underrated for what she did for Impact, and that was a big loss in, the, in a big way. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not good. As much as I love watching Tommy Dreamer wrestle and I enjoy listening to him on Busted Open Radio, I don't need to see him in the main events every other week. That's, fa- that's <laughs> fair. It's fair to say. You're, you're absolutely fair. Just a quick thing about um, New Japan. Um, okay. What What's... Well, um, well, let me hold on a second. Let me go to the because I for, I've already forgotten now because I've watched so much wrestling either in the office or on my way going someplace else. What was the last event? the 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 two day event for New Japan. Uh, new beginning in Osaka. That's this it. Past, this past uh, Sunday. That's very very good card from Osaka. If anybody hasn't watched the show yet, please go check that out on New Japan World. Uh, oh, oh, and I get my guy Gambino. Ha ha ha! Sit down, <laughs> you idiot. Kevin Sit down, you idiot. Sit down. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did he call me fat? Um, Jono, you and your goddamn candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great broadcast team. I don't care what anyone says. I'm entertained by yeah. Gambino and Kelly. That's that is some good stuff right there. Oh, uh, okay. You- so I'm I'm asking about. Um, Moxley as the new Terry Funk apparently, or the Nick, the new Dick Slater, I guess. Yeah. This, this dude here, man, he just does not care. He he will just take a beating. Uh, if you have not seen some of this stuff from New Japan, it is uh, 
is really, really good. And coming up is a Tiger Hattori retirement event taking place next uh, Wednesday, the 19th. Um, but the, the action's been pretty good, has it not? Oh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, John Moxley and New Japan for wrestling. A lot of times that I feel I enjoy the presentation in New Japan more than I see him on AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I love what he's been doing. At the feud he had with Juice Robson over the U.S. title was a lot of fun. I thought John Moxley played a big part in last year's G1 Climax Tournament. And uh, he just had a big match with Minoru Suzuki this past Sunday in Osaka. They were the semi-main event of that card. And that was a really, really good match. Like you said, he just doesn't care. Uh, they're fighting all the way through the crowd two minutes into a match uh, like uh, Bro- Brody and Abdullah would just without the forks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Moxie would be into that. There are lots of used forks these days. I don't know if that's politically correct or smart in wrestling in 2020. So I'm not sure. Oh my gosh! No, uh, no, no, no. I'm not a PC guy, by the way. Anybody that knows me personally, I'm not a PC guy. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot of what I see for John Moxley and New Japan Pro Wrestling. They had this one part of the match where. You know how Suzuki is with his mixed martial art, mixed martial arts background and pancreas. Suzuki literally slapped him in the face for five minutes in a row, and Moxley's just laughing at him. Man. <laughs> it's a great visual. It's, if you enjoy the strong style matches that you get from like a Tomohiro Ishii or Midoro Suzuki, John Moxley fits that bill with those guys, or sometimes even better than those guys. It was a lot of fun, and John Moxley's been killing it on New Japan. Just between you and I, when I saw Moxley, and, it, and actually, Josh, it was the show before the new beginning in Osaka. Whatever that show was, there was two-night event, because it was Moxley in a tag team match with Okada. Oh, uh, that was the uh, new beginning show in Sapporo, right? Yes, that's yes. what I saw. That's that's what I saw, because I saw that tag team match with Mox, because it was so unlike to see, unlikely to see Moxley in there with uh, Okada as a tag team. But anyway, seeing Moxley and, and Suzuki... So Moxley gives a, I'm going to say it, like a WWE forearm. (laughs) And Suzuki just fired right back. And it it got real, real quick. (laughs) Because it was like Moxley trying to give like a WWE AEW forearm. Like, nah, man, you got to lay it in. Because Suzuki doesn't care. That's the point. Like, you can lay it in and he'll take it because he's been taking it for years. But Moxley, like... God bless him. Like he still has to adjust some to the Jap- Japanese style. Like right. if it's a, it's it's a fight, and, and not in a shoot way. It's kind of a real fight. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's on the razor's edge of a real fight. You gotta lay it in, and Moxie's like, yeah, and then Suzuki like, oh, and he's just like, like, bam, and like, like come on, boy, yeah, come on, come boy, on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> And like, like, That's my Suzuki impression. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> and just and just knocking the the crap out of Moxley, and then Moxley's like, so he's gonna have to learn, man. I it, I mean, it's HD. We can see it. You gotta lay it in a little tighter. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like uh, shaving man throwing uh, bad jabs. No, <laughs> while he's oh. fighting. You oh know? <laughs> man, throw twenty, land two. Yeah, <laughs> that that's awful. So isn't the money Will Osprey against Zack Sabre Jr. for like yes. a best of seven? Like, you know, Meltzer, Meltzer said, and this is with Meltzer, Meltzer says that, that when they're together, you would think that's a classic match and it just doesn't give you everything. I mean, I, maybe he's looking for 10 stars, but I, I think that that's the money. I see that. I got to go back and watch now. Um, is it Osprey and Okada against Zack Sabre Jr. and, and Taichi? Yes, sir. That was the match. Yep. Okay. I got to go back and watch uh, And that. then the interesting about that weekend, Sapporo Okada gave Tai Chi the match of his life. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I, yeah, I got to go back and watch that. Um, give me, give me, oh, okay. So let's let's get to this point because we're getting running out of time here. So I, I, I think here's the thing that's frustrating. What's frustrating about New Japan is, is that, they take this tour of North America with no TV. Right. Come on, bro. Have you seen, have you heard or seen some of these numbers in places in Florida and Nashville? and place? They have not drawn well at all. No. At all. And that's because 
you don't have any TV. Like uh, I go back to this all the time, and I know it's repetitive for our TWT listeners, but dude, when when the business was down, and it's been down a few times, there was a t- opportunity for New Japan to bring in a TV show to America. I'll give you an example: nineteen ninety. Right during that time, like like a little bit after the Ultimate Warrior, where right around the new generation, where you weren't sure like what Brett was, Shawn Michaels was still chubby, like you didn't know like like what the business was, like Flair was still on top. They're trying to get Sting the title and the WCW, so it was just kind of like an odd time for wrestling. So during that time, that was a great opportunity for New Japan to have TV here. And so the whole Access TV thing folds, and now they want to have a tour of North America. They're not drawing well. And and so if you had TV, now you could be able to do something. And, and But I just think that's fruitless for them to keep coming here with 20-plus events when no one can see it outside the New Japan World you know, um, uh, website. And everyone doesn't know about that in America because it's a new brand to a lot of American viewers. Right. And here's another mistake. Why are you running an, uh, another tour in Japan while you have your U.S. tour? People want to see Okada. They want to see these other guys on the show like a Naito and a Kenta. You got the new beginning tour, and then you decide you want to have a, a side U.S. tour to the point that you force Ibushi and Tanahashi to be tag team partners now. They're tag team. They're a tag team now, hoodie. They're going to. Uh, they're going after God and their tag team titles. That's weird. <laughs> Coming out of that U.S. tour, so <laughs> I don't understand. That's that's bad business right there. I don't. I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, that's you got a great product here, but no one knows about it. <laughs> like yeah. the, the thing that the thing that resonates with this with this country is talent and TV. The two T's, not cash and creative. <laughs> it's it, it is as Jr. would tell you. It is uh, it is talent and TV, right? Don't forget, don't forget the eraser, Connie. The most dangerous weapon. The eraser. The most dangerous weapon. Yes. <laughs> the eraser. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So there, there you go. What what is on your podcast there? Tell people about the Hoots podcast this week. Hoots podcast this week. I recapped episode eighteen of NWA Power. Uh, talk about my excitement for the Nick Aldis Marty Scroll match at the Crockett Cup. Uh, they're doing some really good business on Nick uh, on NWA. Uh, Billy Corey just had a interview, uh, sit down interview with Chris Van Vliet that you guys should check out on Chris Van Leet's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Billy Corey talked about kind of the behind the scenes uh, reasonings behind the way they present their show, and um, I think when it comes to promos and building characters, I think. Uh, besides NEC UK, I think NWA is the best right now in pro wrestling as far as getting characters over and having promos. Uh, as far as in-ring action is concerned, I enjoy a lot of what I see from Ricky Starks. He had a really good match this week with Matt Cross, and um, Molina is still killing it. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think she's got better. <laughs> it's interesting how time... Uh, it, it kind of curves on a wrestler, but but don't get don't get mistaken. Melina is still an elite level performer. If anybody has to watch NWA, you'll see how good she still is. And uh, a, hot. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't kidding. Mm. <laughs> um, besides that, I um, I kind of gave a little forecast as far as the matches that I think we'll see at WrestleMania thirty six. And then I also talked about what we mentioned here for uh, the shows for AEW and NXT and um, gave a little some of my thoughts on what's going on with the NFL offseason and free agency. So I touched on everything and I also talked about light topics as well on the Who's Podcast. You can get it on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms just like this one on Spotify or Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all those fun devices. And hot. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, my friend. Well, another edition of Hooded Lopez. And again, don't forget to follow along on Twitter at WrestlingTWT and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. And don't forget on the 17th of February, I'll be teamed with Bully Ray for the first time. Oh, boy. As, um, 
we host Busted Open 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time. And, of course, you can actually catch it as well on the SiriusXM app. Uh, the SiriusXM is free this month, if I'm not mistaken. If you don't have it, you can actually um, download the app and check it out for free. So, again, Busted Open on uh, SiriusXM channel 156. It is uh, Fight Nation, and I'll be in for my friend Dave LaGreco, 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time on this uh, 17th of February. My friend, as always, I appreciate it. Let's catch up next week because we got to review uh, NXT TakeOver Portland and so much more. Yes, sir. Thank you, Hoodie. Thanks for having me on. There he is. He's Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Follow him on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. As always, tell somebody. That Hood and Lopez are talking wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, right here, where you download your podcast. Talk to you soon, right here on TWT.